Many of our most important learnings and career gains have come from meaningful feedback. Isn't it true? Yet as leaders, we're often uncomfortable with delivering feedback despite its importance. We hesitate. Maybe we procrastinate until the annual review or we simply avoid it altogether. Today on the Champion Forum podcast, we discuss the top reasons leaders avoid feedback and how to gain the proper perspective to push through the feedback pitfalls. This is the Champion Forum podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Welcome back, everyone, to the Champion Forum podcast. I am your host, your biggest fan, Jeff Hancher. We have received some amazing feedback from the first episode on the subject of feedback, and I would like to dive into part two. I'm thinking this is probably going to be, if I had to guess, a five, no more than seven-part series. That's either going to really excite some people or we may lose some listeners, but I do believe in this subject so much that we are going to stay the course. So over the next several weeks, what you're going to find is we are going to navigate this journey of feedback. Last week's episode, we kind of dove into the what is it and why is it important. Today, we're going to go into why do we avoid it, the many reasons that we see that this this could happen or why does it take place. But then we're, over the next weeks after this episode, we're going to get into some real practical application, the varying types of feedback, when to apply them, how to apply this feedback. And then lastly, we're going to give some common need to know things with feedback as a summary of this feedback series. So I hope you're enjoying this series. I would like to hear your feedback. How is this serving you? How have you applied some of this? I would love to hear your journey on this feedback by emailing me at info at jeffhancher.com. Maybe you have a topic that you would like to have discussed on this show. Maybe you're somebody that or know somebody that should be on the show talking about this subject. Make sure that you email us info at jeffhancher.com. So let's jump in. Part two of the series on feedback, we're going to be talking about feedback avoidance. As leaders, our role is to guide our teams, right? We need to help them reach their fullest potential. Yet there's this curious phenomenon we often encounter, the avoidance of giving feedback. Why is that? Well, I don't have all the answers, but I've come up with what I believe are a few of the reasons. And, and today I'm going to break down what I believe to be the top reasons that I see leaders avoid feedback and how maybe you can overcome it. Maybe for some of you too, this is uh, we're exposing some blind spots because you didn't even realize you were doing it. Um, and here's what I've come to learn in the journey to success. Desire and execution can be miles apart. I, I know what we want to do. I know what I want to do, but man, am I really doing it? I know what I need to do, knowledge, but is it really happening, execution? 
And so I'm here to help hopefully bridge some of that gap, expose some of these things. But then there's some of you that are like, look, I've identified it. And, and, and as I talk through some of these points of feedback avoidance, you're going to say, uh-oh, he's talking about me. And I'm going to give you some mindset shifts that you're going to have to push through to become the most effective leader that you can be. So let's break them down. Let's start with number one. And this, this is a good one. Good meaning bad. They might quit. Jeff, I hear you. I know I need to have the conversation. But man, you don't know them like I know them. And if I have this conversation, they're probably going to quit. You know, we inherently desire to build people up. I mean, we're leaders after all, aren't we? That's why we, that's why we took the assignment. We like to make people better, build people up, give them a pat on the butt and tell them they're doing a great job. It's easy to think that, glo- don't pat them on the butt, by the way, for all you HR people, it was a cliche, a metaphor. We don't actually do that in the office, just for dis- disclosure there. We want that though, right? You're great. Don't change a thing. Uh, that man, this is going to raise their confidence. It's going to boost their performance. And, and and by the way, look out because they might even be a superstar. And those superstars, boy, we fear giving them feedback and and constructive uh, words uh, because man, they might be discouraged. And if they're discouraged and we push them too hard, they might seek uh, job opportunities elsewhere because, I mean, goodness sake, we all know they're heavily recruited. I mean, they're getting blown up on LinkedIn. I don't know if I want to rock the boat. Maybe maybe it'll just go away on its own because, I mean, so many times in your leadership journey, it's gone away on its own with other people, right? Nope. It never goes away on its own. Here's what I do know, especially about the superstar. If they're truly a superstar – They do not appreciate softball messaging, and they might seek out a new leader, provide them with real direct feedback, a leader that's candid, and and maybe in a new company altogether because they're not getting that from you. They want to be challenged to some degree, to some level. That's what I've come to find. At some point, we need to take the position that some some people are not going to be here for the entire journey. And we have to take the position on this superstar that if they were to quit over constructive feedback, they were probably one foot out the door already anyway. And I can tell you this, I have never met and I have never been a part of, seen, observed any level of culture where where the tail was wagging the dog and it went well. And sometimes that's what we have is – and look, I'm not saying this is an us versus them, leaders versus the, the the individual contributors. That's not it. It can't be us versus them. It has to be we. But it should never stop you from giving effective feedback. If they quit, they quit. Jeff, do you hear yourself? It's never been harder to find talent. And by the way, that superstar makes up 60% of my numbers. I know. But sometimes you have to have this mindset of, I would rather lose without them. We never, ever should shy away from feedback. The key here is to build strong relationships so that feedback is a gift versus a beatdown. Feedback should never be seen as a beatdown. Um, now, look, they may take it that way, but but think about this. If you're a parent listening, or imagine with me if you're not, 
If you have a child, you love that child literally more than anything else on the planet. So much so that when they do something crazy that could put their life in jeopardy, don't we, aren't we having the tough conversation to include discipline at times? We're doing that. Why? Because you hate their guts? No, because the contrary, you love them so much, you don't want to see them repeat the behavior, right? The key here is to build strong relationships so that although they might not like the feedback, uh, like, by the way, who likes to be told the wrong and that they're not doing it right or that they could be doing better? Nobody likes it, but they respect it, especially the superstar. Here's the other thing to think about as a mindset shift. What if you don't give the feedback and they stay toxic, underperforming, drive you crazy, you avoid them? Have you ever had that person? That it's like you're not, you're not giving feedback. You're not giving any level of accountability. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to avoid them. I see them walking down the hall. I'm going to walk down the other hall. They ask me for time. I tell them I'm busy. I'm just going to avoid them. These people are driving you nuts, and you're probably driving them nuts. And your culture is slowly eroding, becoming toxic. And by the way, they're underperforming potentially. And you're like, look, surely next month it'll get a little bit better and it doesn't. But next month will probably – surely – this can't be a trend. Surely they're not going to do this three months in a row. What if you don't give the feedback and they stay on? Man, I bet you that the consequences are going to be much more dire. The second reason why I see that leaders avoid feedback is because they don't have time. This might be one of the bigger ones. One reason managers don't give feedback is simply lack of time. And I get it. We all have more to do than we have time. Um, we're coordinating our teams. Uh, you got to complete your own work for your own boss and your all the administrative things that you have to do and all the status reports that you got to build. And my expense reports two days late. Um, I, I, I got I got a lot going on. I got getting results, by the way. I mean, that's why I'm here. I, I got to put out fires that take priority over providing these on the spot, corrective advice, feedback moments to a member of my team. And believe me, like I'm saying this with the highest level of empathy. I've been in the foxhole. I've carried the bag. I get it. It's hard. It's really hard. But I've also found that losing's hard too. While this can't be an excuse for putting it off, um, I've got quote unquote more important things to do. It's also a very legitimate issue. We got a lot happening. Providing helpful feedback, it takes time. It does. Uh, feedback is not a check in the box, folks. It can't be. It's got to be meaningful. It's got to be helpful. And that takes time. It takes effort. First, you got to prepare for the conversation. You got to maybe gather data if needed. Uh, next, you got to hold the conversation. That in and of itself takes time. Then finally, you need to follow up, which what? Takes even more time. Feedback shouldn't be given, uh, boom, here it is, and then forget it. It should be the start of a development process. That's the whole point, which takes what? Time, energy, all the things that you don't have much more of. But this is a critical step to ensure the feedback was heard, that it was understood, and ultimately that it's implemented. Because when it is, I can't think of a better time saver than having an autonomous organization where people are going the way you need them to go. But not having the time, we can't allow it to be an excuse. Why? 
because providing feedback is intended to actually save you time in the long run. I know it's not saving you time in the moment. I get that. Putting out fires is easy if there are no fires to put out. And, and achieving exceptional results is simple if you have a great team. I mean, look, isn't it maddening to know that leader that you're like, gosh, I feel that they come in late, they leave early, they're not even a better leader than me, and they're killing it. They're crushing it. They're always number one or two in the company, and it's maddening to you. I'll tell you what, I haven't met a fire that was hard to put out that wasn't really a fire at all. And I will tell you this, when you have people that are running fast, sprinting because of all the feedback that you've been giving them, you're going to have a great team and your results are going to be amazing. But I will tell you this, it's a pay now or pay later. Either give the feedback or just keep running to the fires. What's, that's what this development is for, right? This is the whole point, is to enhance the performance of your the collective of your team. So, so while you may be saving time now by avoiding the conversation in the long run, you're actually hurting your own productivity, I don't know another way. It, developing people requires giving feedback. It just does. It's a must do. And it's interesting to see that most successful managers and leaders, they have the same hours in the day and have invested time mastering the skill. So what that should tell us and challenge us, and by the way, it's me. I'm right here in the boat with you all. It's possible. This is possible. I'm capable. Somebody has run the four-minute mile, right? So it's possible. And so it just even if you're like, man, this guy, Hancher, he's at it again. If he just walked a mile in my shoes, he, he would know I don't have any time for this. I know it's hard, but I am here to tell you it's possible. And I'm not saying to start tomorrow and conquer the world, but start doing something. You have to invest time. There's a difference between spending time and investing time. Constantly putting out fires is spending time. Constantly giving feedback, it's investing time. The third thing, what if I give them feedback and they get emotional? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This happens. This is going to happen. It's going to continue to happen. And here's what, what we're really saying whenever that thought comes in my mind. Hey, I'm going to avoid the feedback because they're going to get emotional. Here's what you're really saying, and I love you enough to tell you. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Whether we want to admit it or not, we all have a voice in our heads that can run riot at times, and this is one of those occasions. We all have that person that's like, oh my gosh, this is not going to go well. Managers can have an exaggerated fear of how their employees are going to react, especially how emotional they might be. I mean, I know this guy. Jeff, if you knew Joe on my team, if I gave him this feedback, this, this dude's going to throw a chair. I'm just telling you. I, I, I mean, what if they yell? Um what if they cry? Oh, my gosh. I just know. I'm just telling you, this person, they're, they're real emotional. And I just know if I give them this feedback, they're going to cry. Go back and listen to the episode on what to do when they cry. I, I did that entire episode on this subject because at some point in your leadership journey, somebody's going to cry. It's going to happen. That doesn't stop us from giving feedback. 
The fear of the employee's response is then compounded by a further fear of how will I handle their response? What am I going to do if they throw the chair? What am I going to do if they start yelling at me? What if? What am I going to do when they start crying? Because I think it's going to happen. And, and when it happens, I don't even know how to respond to that. And so then I'm just not going to do anything. Feedback avoidance. Unfortunately, it's these leaders that fail to see the dramatic and positive impact that developmental feedback has on results. This is choosing your pain the wrong way. And again, this must be a mindset shift to overcome this. A mindset to get in is, I I would say it like this. It's none of my business how they respond. It's none of my business how they respond to the feedback that I give them. I think it's so important to remember that your job as a leader is to deliver meaningful and effective feedback. That's your job. You cannot always control how the feedback is received. However, you can control how you deliver the feedback. And and by the way, the better you get at giving feedback, the less uh, negative it will be received. So this is a journey, but maybe you're new at leadership and you feel insecure as a leader. Don't stop because I will tell you this. You'll learn by somebody throwing a chair into the drywall like you're going to learn. That sucked. What? I shouldn't have said that. I I should just give the feedback. And I have great news in the coming weeks. I'm going to be giving you some tips on how to properly execute feedback the right way. The mind shift has to go from what if I give the feedback dot, 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 to what if I don't give the feedback, dot, dot, dot. Whether they like it or not, our people are counting on us for feedback. And if you're a parent, you know this. You know this. This is true. We all know. We all have that one child that it's like if I say something, they're going to ruin our whole night. They're going to ruin our time at the restaurant. I don't know where y'all come from, but my parenting style is this. I would rather ruin one meal than the rest of my life and their life. So be it. Get mad. Like, I love you too much to ignore this. I'm not doing it. I care too much. If we took that same posture as a leader, the change would be unbelievable in, our, in the people that we're leading. And then the fourth thing, fear. There's a couple fears specifically I want to talk about in why we avoid feedback. Fear of not getting it right and the fear of being disliked. So let's talk about the first one, the fear of not getting it right. In, in our desire, hopefully, to be fair and accurate, we worry so much about the content of the message that we scrutinize it to death. Well, I don't know if that's actually true. Well, I don't know if that's actually the right number. Well, I don't know. But what if I said, but maybe this way, and we're just trying to like to make this perfect pitch of feedback, and there isn't one. Instead, remember that the delivery the tone, the nonverbals, these are the things that often have greater impact than the actual content of your message. You're never going to get it right. You're never going to get it completely perfect. But what, what people should always be experiencing is how they feel with what you're delivering. Voice inflection, tone of voice, body language, head nodding, head tilting, you have the person's best interest at heart and you're authentically aligned with their ambition. This almost always comes across the right way when presenting with a positive mindset. 
It's tough to get it wrong when you genuinely are aligned with their best interests. This is very important for low-tenured leaders that lack confidence because you feel outgunned. You're like, man, this guy's twice my age. Like, he could be like my dad. And here I am telling this guy. Matter of fact, this guy used to be a leader. So he's been in my job. Matter of fact, I'm replacing him. Like, you got all these dynamics and you just feel outgunned. The key here is to be genuine in your approach. Again, always remember, you can't control how they respond, but you can always control how you deliver. The goal is not to do it perfectly, but to change a desired outcome and help them get better. And then the next fear, the fear of being disliked. If this is you, you probably feel a burning desire to be liked and accepted by your team. And let me give you a little bit of a break here. It's human nature. You want to win people's approval. You want to keep people happy. You want to demonstrate all the desirable attributes of what an amazing, great boss is. And I get that. And kudos to you. Why not? I get it. I have some hard news for you, though. And that is that not everyone's going to like you. I know. Even you. I know. It's a hard pill to swallow. But they're not. It's impossible. Your responsibility's too big. Your leadership capacity is too vast to even think realistically that everybody's going to like you. Remember, the role of the leader is to maybe be likable, but not liked. If you happen to be like, great, but it's not your mission. The ultimate goal, the ultimate, the ultimate goal, the prize is to be respected as a leader. I want you to close your eyes for a second if you're not driving or running on a treadmill. But I want you to think of three leaders that has had the biggest impact on your life. Three leaders. These people changed you, changed your life. Matter of fact, you wouldn't be who you are today without these three. You probably already have them. Here's my follow-up questions. While you're thinking about these three leaders... Were they tough on you? Were they candid? Were they firm? Of course they were. Weren't they? We constantly risk not being loved by the masses. It's one of the most difficult psychological barriers to overcome, but ultimately it is your job to make people better. This means you have to give feedback that not everyone is going to like, and you can only do that if you get uncomfortable, or or I'm sorry, if you get comfortable with the tension. That's the only way. You got to get comfortable with the tension. If you are constantly uncomfortable giving tension, It's going to be this chasm that you feel like you can just never get across. As you go into these feedback conversations, let this be your mantra. The sooner you accept that you cannot please everyone, the better. I hope once again, you're leaving another episode of the Champion Forum challenged to push through the hard things of leadership, take ownership of the value of feedback. As a leader, it's your job to listen. 
You should be a great active listener. Give them the respect that you want to receive. But in the end, all things considered, you got to do what you believe is right. And although it can be maddening to realize that not everyone agrees with you, it's also somewhat liberating. If you accept that you can't please everybody, it clears the path to doing what you think is right, not what's popular. Popularity doesn't matter. Doing the right thing does. Great leaders do the right thing, not the expedient thing. When feedback is lacking, performance, company culture, and morale, they're all going to suffer. When employees are not held accountable for missed deadlines, bad behavior, poor performance, your credibility as a leader is damaged and loyalty from your team will be wavering. This ultimately impacts your ability to inspire high-performing winning teams. This is a choose-your-pain opportunity, leaders. The pain of giving the feedback and the pain of avoiding the feedback, and I assure you that avoiding the pain of feedback will be far greater. Be a leader that pushes through fear, insecurity, and realize that people and their families are counting on you to lead well. Counting on you. Not just the people that you're leading, but their families, the people they're working hard for. They're counting on you to give this feedback to make them better. And maybe you're at a place that you're like, Jeff, I know what I need to do, but I don't know how to get there. And I don't know if I can do it on my own. Info at jeffhancher.com. Either myself or one of our amazing coaches will help you out, whether it's one hour or multiple sessions. There is no need to do it alone. We're here to serve you. We want to serve you. Come back next week as we begin to break down the different types of feedback and how you can apply them to the diverse team that you're leading. Until then, say yes to feedback and keep turning the pressure into potential. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win. Win.